Episode 66, August 29th, 2013. The Almost Super Cup Champions won. Welcome back to this lady this week at Rocky Blanco Land. Had as many sweets at it as it had sours, and I've asked a group of friends here to help me through the post Super Cup group therapy. My name is Ricardo Mendez, and I'm with the core crew once again after like a zillion years of not being able to bring everyone together. And a special guest we want to welcome for the first time to this lady. Returning after a long span of time away, Gareth Nunn, founder of MadridAtleticos.com. Gary, how are you? I'm really happy to be here at Roche Blanco Land, but unfortunately, the Adrian ride is broken down again. And <laughs> <laughs> ride has been closed for around <laughs> all season long. And well, we also have from Miami, AtleticoFans.com, editor Martin Rose now. How are you, Martin? Doing good, doing good. Nice, nice to be here with you. you guys again. And from the Netherlands, it's always great to say hi to AtleticoFans.com, co-founder Derek Mayen. How are you, Derek? I'm fantastic, Greg. It's great, great talking to you guys again because it's been so, so long and I've talked to you over the summer, but um, great to being back on this, Aladdin. Yeah, great. Great to be able to to have the three of you uh, together on, on, on the podcast. And we'd also like to introduce a good friend of ours, our friend, also from the Netherlands, Rebel Solomon. Did I say your name right? Um, you got it almost right. Um <laughs> Okay, so you got it better than ninety percent of people do. So okay, so that's good. That's, that's more than good enough. How how are you doing, Rob? I'm I'm doing fine. Uh, a little bit hurt after yesterday, but yeah. Let's uh, without further ado, let's start. Um, uh, how uh, what what were your views about the the Super Cup uh, second leg match uh, last night? Um, d- disappointing result, but for the rest, I can say that most of us. Uh, went to bed saying, hey, this is the type of Atleti I want to see every every single week, and um, we we finally feel proud of a team um, all through a season, and and after the season finishes and we come back, it's still the same team, it's still recognizable. Um, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. How did you see the match, and what are your feelings about the Super Cup? Um, I felt pretty much the same way you guys did, um see the team match Barca and also in other games match uh, Real Madrid and Chelsea and whoever that does um, give you a special feeling because you never expected Aleti with the players we have to be this good so um, yesterday I mean after the match I wasn't I was only proud of the team I wasn't disappointed or anything but of course you know uh, after winning so many finals uh, losing one uh, it does kind of hurt but yeah, uh, and yeah, the way we the way we lost, especially you know, but I guess that's normal against Barca uh, to lose in that fashion. But you know, we we didn't we to hold a clean sheet at at come now, and you know, after the results we had in recent years against Barca to draw twice and basically to dominate them for part of the part of those games and never to let them um, push us around. You know that that does. Uh, uh, do me proud, and you know I'm not I'm not disappointed at all. But you know, losing a final does it does kind of hurt. Even stings, yeah, yeah. stinging feeling. Gary, 
Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm a bit hurt a little bit more by the Barca press, the criticism of Atleti, just because, you, you mean, I love watching Barca. I think their style is fantastic, and under Pep Guardiola, they were possibly the greatest side we've ever seen. But just because you don't play like them, it doesn't mean that your style has to be trashed and ridiculed. Uh, Barca have had years preparing this style, and they've had years and a mm, lot of money uh, invested in Cantera and also in players. I mean, Barca like to produce the Cantera line a lot, but they've spent millions on a lot of very talented players. But maybe if I was to pick one thing up that kind of disappointed me a little bit with Atletico last night was that Simeone always said that he preferred to have, you know, instead of 15 chances and one goal, one shot on target and one goal. And when Atletico did get the ball, they seemed to be hesitant when they went to shoot, which kind of, I don't know, for a moment I thought maybe they were nervous, maybe they didn't expect to have a shot on target, so they fluffed their chance. And, okay, I mean, Simeone, after the press conference, he was grinning like a a Cheshire cat. I couldn't believe how happy he was. Also, he really took on journalists. Uh, If anybody didn't see it, it was absolutely hilarious because he just started answering journalists. You'd swear he'd won the cup. But it's a big step forward for Atletico. We've seen that they have two or three different styles. They've got a plan B, which, which they didn't really have last year. It was one route, football down the left, and then when things figured that out we had some problems but it was really nice to see that Atletico now have two or three faces and that's going to trouble the likes of Barcelona and Madrid because you're going to be thinking what Atletico Madrid are going to turn up today Mm -hmm. I think it was kind of a bittersweet feeling last night because as Robo mentioned for the first time in years we actually lost the final Um, but at the end of the night or the morning because the the game ended on Thursday um, I think that everybody went to bed thinking well we did well I I read so many people who talked about um, a feeling of orgulloso they were proud of Atletico and um, I I told my co-worker today who's a big Barcelona fan and he loves to bash me for uh, for it Um, I told him we didn't lose to Barcelona we tied twice and we were just as good as you guys were and I think that Gary has a very good point there where he says that we kind of figured them out. I think that over two games um, we were able to uh, deny Barcelona any access into our box. They scored a single goal, uh, but they didn't seem like creating a lot of chances. They Their midfield play was disrupted, their passing game was disrupted. And I think that that's what we can take from this game is to, to say that, hey, look at this game. We were equal to Barcelona. We even could have won this with a single goal, and we had our chances last night. And I think that's what um, where the positive feelings turns from, because the fans realize that we're not as far off as Barcelona as people uh, make us believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, like Robel said, to shut them out at home. That's a major statement uh, right there. Uh, and if you think about it throughout the game, aside from Messi's penalty, uh, they didn't have really any clear chances as opposed to us where we had about three maybe four clear chances to put the game away you know and uh it's just i don't see any reason why we should be you know really disappointed well because it, it there, hurting. there isn't there isn't a new trophy and um and yeah it kept hurting coming thing back about Neymar's goal, you know, like it, it wasn't the most spectacular goal or anything. It just kind of snuck in, and the fact that that I, I, I keep getting this feeling that it's it, this wasn't meant to be this way. It's like <laughs> I know um, uh, fairness shouldn't be in in these type of conversations because they they scored a goal 
uh, an away goal, and that, that's what counts. But um, this cup doesn't even seem fair for them to to hold it at the at the end of the um, of the final because I don't think they they really merited it that much. I, I don't think they've ever felt less proud about winning a trophy. You know what I mean? They yeah, and, been, and um, something that. something very important, a very good point that um, Gary Rose. Um, I I have the feeling that um, first it happened a few years ago with Inter Milan, um, uh, also coached by Mourinho. Then they brought Mourinho in to do that same uh, type of of stuff uh, here at Real Madrid to kind of figure out Real Madrid and and uh, I mean sorry to to figure out the way Barcelona plays and and how to um, how to to beat that that type of system, and I do get the feeling that um, there are two factors here. One is that uh, the team is losing some energy. The Barcelona is losing some energy due to um, players being older than they were uh, three to four seasons ago, and and maybe they've won it all, and and um, their their spirit to to keep pushing has has maybe decreased a bit. And also because there's a there's a very intense and and positive uh, tactical work and um, taking place by by Atlético Madrid and by other opponents that that have found ways of of making Barcelona um, lose their crushing dominance that that we've we've uh, talked about so many times. I don't know if you guys agree that um, this is more than just a mirage. Well, we're still we're still a bit off, Ricky, of course, because um, is it realistic of us to expect Atletico to challenge Barcelona Real Madrid for a title, for example, which or a league title, which is something that, of course, we we all dream of, but that still still seems very far fetched. But we have shown over these games with Barcelona and um, in the cup final against Real Madrid that we can compete with them one on one, and I think. That at least um, gives us a lot of hope when we do have to take them on time and time again in the league or in the cup, because we have shown that we can stand up to them and um, bring the game to them even. So uh, at least that's um, um, a very positive feeling that we can take uh, into the season, I think. But if you look at all the top sides, when what they have is consistency, and there will be a day when Simeone will go. Hopefully, it will be in many, many years. But he needs that consistency. Do you think it will be in many, many years? I, I would like to bring that up uh, the, before the, no, I don't, the podcast. I think, it's, I think maybe next season, but uh, hopefully. But uh, if you look at Barca over the summer when they lost Tito, they went and looked for someone very, very similar to continue their role. When they lost, when Pep left, they got Tito. And a lot of top, I mean, look at Manchester United, they got David Moyes, who Ferguson felt could, who was the best person to continue the way the club was being run and the person that could bring it forward. And let they go when they get rid of a manager. They don't do that. It's basically, okay, who's free and let's put him in there, which means all your hard work that's been done is scrapped. So if Atletico to catch Barca and Real Madrid, you need, I think, at least three or four years working hard. Well, Real Madrid is a huge scrapper when it comes to to shelving uh, projects from year to year. Yeah, but Real Madrid have the money. To be yeah, able to that's true. <laughs> you can always get a scrap when you've got that much cash. I mean, we're hearing reports of Kaká maybe being let go on a free transfer. That's 60 million euros. I mean, <laughs> You're throwing down the drain. It's just incredible. It's incredible, and it's one of just a few. But they're able to do that. We can't. And that's why Atletico need... I mean, we always 
new projects, new projects, new projects. I mean, Atletico, I think I've had 14 new projects since I've been living in Spain. And God knows how many new projects since you've been following them. But this is a new project which is going very well. And what they need to do is, should Simeone leave one day, preserve it. Get someone very similar to him so we can continue on the path we're on. Because it's working. Mm -hmm. It is, it is. I, I, I agree completely. I don't know if, if any of you want to add anything to to the Super Cup disappointment. or, or we I, I do have a question uh, for Robo because um, I learned earlier tonight, uh, I think Gary mentioned it, that uh, explicit language is allowed on the podcast. So Robo would just like to ask, do you have any final comments on last night's referee? <laughs> oh, um, I tweeted a video, but I had to delete it because I thought it was a little bit too explicit. But um, okay. there's this um, nostalgia critic. Um, who has all these funny clips on YouTube and there's this one video titled The Best Insult Ever and I won't repeat the words that he says in that video because I never use them in my personal life and I cannot pronounce them but uh, There's one more thing that has to be said about the Super Cup again, it has to be one game in the future, man It has yeah. to be um, in order to ever allow anyone besides Real Madrid and Barcelona to have 95%, anything that's above uh, 5% of chances of, of, of even getting close to win it. Because Atleti has been uh, the side that has probably been the closest to to taking it away because we've only been one goal away at the, at the end of the day. It's not, we haven't been that far. Um, no. I had this idea a couple of weeks ago with a friend. We were talking about, you know, every year we come to the end of the season and we don't know where the Copa del Rey final is going to be played and all. And I had this idea that I know it's not possible, it's never going to happen. But in, imagine if they did a competition of the best supporters in Spain and best atmosphere and grounds. And you're, the best team, their prize was the club got to stage the Copa del Rey final the year after, and they got to keep all the money. And the second best team got to host the Super Copa final. I think that would be brilliant. Yeah, it, 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 that's that's a, that's a, an imaginative um, solution. Anyway, the, the Super Cup final is going to be hosted in China for five years, starting in 2015. Oh, you yes. do know that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, the the Champions League draw. What is what Marta was saying in Spanish? That's what he was saying. While he was doing that remote control thing with the finger, what the hell was that? Has anybody understood what that? Um, what he, um, yesterday you were saying that he was like um, doing a money sign or something like that, but it looks like he's turning on the TV or something. Have you have you seen the images on? Have you seen the highlights? Any of you? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, 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 the 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 Ardaturan images when he was uh, sent off. That thing oh, he, he does was with his hand. He was doing, he was doing like either the money like got paid off or money. What I saw the first time was it looks that, like a remote control. It looks like that, or I thought like a gun that he was firing was a off, like a little pistol in his hand. A gun? Yeah. yeah. How so, do you fire a gun with your thumb? It just uh, has that look the rest of the hand. Like, ding, ding, yeah, it looked like he was kind of firing off some rounds. <laughs> One-handedly. That's, that's pretty cowboy far-fetched for me, but okay. Arden may not speak Spanish, but he does speak English. So, Arden, if you're listening to this, you're okay with me, mate. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I, 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 anyway, I, I just think it's ridiculous that... Um, players that are in the bench and they're not involved in any fights or anything like huge 
get sent off. They're like a general rule. I, I don't care if they're on my team or on the other one. It does um, no one any good, and it's just um, the referee trying to uh, gain some more importance. It, it, by the way, it was close to the same um, uh, assistant that, that, that made that strange Felipe Luis call. I've seen that play a zillion times, and I still can't agree whether um, uh, Philippe actually deserves a red card. I don't know if you guys think I'm being um, too hardcore Atletico here, but I think that you could have solved that uh, booking both of them because they were both like slapping each other in the face all the time, and just one of them fell. But uh, what would have happened if Philippe had fallen? Would they had uh, would they have um, sent uh, Daniel Alves off. I, I, I actually don't think so. So, I, I believe that Gary today on Twitter uh, requested some more footage and some more images of the accident because I don't think anybody really knows what happened there because it it happened on the far end of the pitch. No cameras were following following them, and really the strange thing is that the linesman was only a couple yards away. He didn't seem to notice anything either. So. Looking in the same direction. If you if you have a look at the footage, he's looking in the same di- area, not not exactly in his his. Um, it's not exactly in front of him, but it's a little to his left. So I'm watching it right now, and it looks like all he did was kind of shove off. Uh, he was like on his shoulder, and he just shoves him off, kind of like there's get a couple of slaps. And and by the way, Danny Alves starts it by slapping Felipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks like Dani Alves has like his arm around Philippe's neck, and Philippe kind of just in frustration swings around to throw him off, but not like throwing a direct elbow. I, mean, I he think, just I think he gets out for the first time when uh, Dani Alves uh, gets up again and keeps uh, running. I, I I think that's what what the assistant calls. The problem is you lift your elbow any time it's assault, it's a red card, and the problem is there's some teams that are brilliant at it, you know, being able to do this and hide it, and there's other teams that always get caught. But before we move on, I just want to bring up Mono Burgos' comments before the game. I think we should build a statue for him outside the Calderon. (laughs) Seriously, I'm not Tito. Besides his whistling skills, I'm absolutely positive he was the one whistling when Neymar stopped. Definitely was him. He's, he's actually, I think he's more of my hero than me because he wears a coat in August. He threatened me. And then I don't know if you guys heard his comments before the game when they asked him, was he afraid of Barca? He said, I'm not afraid. I've had cancer. <laughs> not afraid of Barca mm-hmm. for me. So you guys think we should talk about Trampoline Alves when Godin, you know, used him as a toy, basically? I think that actually summed up the ref's night that he bloody booked Costa for a little shove and then right in front of him uh, Godin decided that he wanted to see if he could fly and pounced on Alves and he missed it. And he, and he let Costa get away with that Pulp Fiction killer look. Oh Jesus, I thought he was going to deck him. <laughs> yeah, he went to his face, yeah. I, I thought there was some history in the making when I, when I saw he's going to bite him in the ear like, yeah, that was awesome there's going to be some very serious Costa crime here I have, <laughs> say, I have a strong chance to ref wet his pants 
I, I felt some really deep respect for Gary and the story he told us about a question he asked Costa at Vallecas um, when when I saw that look on Costa's face. Yeah, that was <laughs> a similar look. Oh, well, well. I really, really do not want to have that look from from Costa when he's close enough and there's not um, like uh, 16 TV cameras recording. Okay, so uh, we're running out of time here and, and we still haven't talked about the, the Champions League draw. Um, I'm not exactly a huge uh, Champions League expert because I normally only watch Atletico. I'm not going to be completely honest here, but I do know that you guys watch tons of of matches from other teams, so I'm going to leave this in in your very able hands. And, Gary, first, uh, what do you think about the group? It's possibly the most open group we have in the Champions League this year. Uh, it's a very interesting group. Uh, we have Oporto, which everybody likes to say is our kryptonite. Yeah, and it's revenge time. Don. Sorry? Revenge time. It's revenge time. But uh, I think as well, the a team that we cannot overlook at all and will definitely cause us lots of problems are going to be Zenit St. Petersburg. They have the likes of Hulk. They have the likes of... Uh, there's a young Belgian guy there, and I'm probably going to get corrected for my pronunciation, but Alex Witzel, if I'm correct. Uh, Witzel. Yeah, Sorry, he's yeah. a... He, they have who went back from Arsenal. Uh, they have some really, really decent players that could cause a few problems. And I don't know too much about Vienna, uh, but as well, you never know. In these kind of tournaments, as I said, it's a very, very open, and maybe some teams might prefer to go for the Europa League, which means they're going to be fighting for points too. Uh, it's going to be close. I know that some friends of ours were hoping for some big names in the Champions League because they they would have to visit the away games and visit some nice stadiums in the atmosphere and all that. But I really was hoping for uh, a draw like this because I think that there's plenty of perspective for Atletico to advance to the second round. And really all Atletico should be hoping for is to uh, advance as far as possible in this uh, competition because we desperately need the money. Um, and I would just love to get out of the group phase, maybe even reach to the quarterfinals, but um, I think we have a realistic chance of doing that where um, we're not worse, we're not much better than Portugal and Zenit either, but we should be able to take them. I think that, as Gary mentioned, it will be very open games. I think that those three teams are very equal and austria Wien really is the, the odd one out. Rob? Yeah, I don't think Porto is as good a team as they used to be, and um, you know, people talk about the them being our kryptonite, but I mean, for Cholos Atleti, I don't think there is a kryptonite. And um, looking at Zenit, I'm not sure how they're doing right now, but a while ago, after all those big name uh, uh, players who came in uh, caused some discontent, they were they were very, performing very well. And Austria Ravine, I don't know anything about them, so I'll refrain from talking about them. But you know, I'm I'm pretty happy with this group, and I'm not really I wasn't really looking forward to meeting any big teams in the in uh, in the group stage. You know, normally always... in in Champions League, not knowing a team beforehand in a group stage is is good news. That means uh, basically it's going to be the weaker side. Um, most of the cases, maybe it's the the surprise of the group. But um, that, that basically that's basically what it means. Um, do you think? Do you guys think then that it's gonna be uh, kind of like Aleti and Porto fi fighting neck to neck for the first spot? 
Kerry? I think, yeah. I think uh, we're going... Uh, Atleti are going to aim for first for the top spot because it has its... Uh, it has its rewards with the second leg. I think that rule is still in place, but you have your second leg at uh, home. Yeah. Uh, so, do you mean there's obviously that? Uh, well said. Uh, I can't remember. When do we face Zenit? Mm-hmm. Uh, Zenit in November. You mean in, at, at, uh, the, in Russia? At St. At, at Petersburg. Yeah. Uh, that's in, in November. Well, that's going to be a very tough time. Yeah, it's going time. to be very well, cold. But uh, last year, Atletico had a little bit of experience on this when they played in the Europa League. So they're going to be, you know, it's not going to be something completely new to them. But also, they're not, uh, okay, Porto's very close. That's okay. It's not a long, you know, journey. But the St. Petersburg and the Vienna trip, we're talking about a couple of hours by plane. So that's something to be a little bit worried about. Mm-hmm. One thing I do like about the uh, fixture in Russia is that our game will probably be broadcasted before all others, so we should have no problem at all viewing the match. Um, and one other thing to keep in our mind, guys, is uh, that I read that Diego Costa uh, will be suspended for our first two games, which are against Zenit and Porto, two crucial games. Um, so I'm really looking... Uh, well, I'm very curious to see how we will deal with that, because at the moment, we do seem very dependent of Costa in our attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's something that we can discuss um, when the games are coming up. There's one thing I would like to to mention to um, Gary and Robo specifically, because I know you guys are big Arsenal fans as well. Um, and there's this, this thing that uh, a couple of Atletico fans were pulling for Fenerbahce the other day, because if they had knocked out Arsenal, Atletico would actually have gone to pot one of the draw. But looking back to the draw now, I think that Atletico are actually lucky con- uh, compared to Arsenal because you guys, you got the group of death, I think, with um, who are the, You're facing some pretty strong teams there. Dortmund, Dortmund, Marseille. I'm not really convinced Arsenal's group is that tough. I mean, we've had groups before where teams were considered to be equal to Arsenal or uh, not that far worse, but... Arsenal tend to do pretty well. I mean, they played Dortmund twice uh, two years ago or something, and they beat them uh, in London and they drew in, in Dortmund. So even this time, I don't expect Arsenal to to finish uh, below the first place in that group. Uh, I don't think it's a group of death. Or maybe for maybe for the, maybe for the other teams in that group, it'll be difficult. But or maybe Talk- I'm over. Maybe I'm over. Arsenal fan. <laughs> Talking about Arsenal, and, we, uh, you guys have liked to go up against Atletico. You sorry, Derek? I uh, Gary Rob would have liked to see Arsenal go up against Atletico. Oh really? Do you think so, Rob? Would you like that Arsenal against Atletico? I would have hated that. I, I would have been so confused, and I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have been able to cope with that. So I'm very <laughs> happy that, that we avoided, avoided each other, and I hope past uh, past the group stage that we don't meet. Unless it's in the final, in which case, you know, I'm not going to complain, but I don't want to see Arsenal and Atleti play each other. That would be way too confusing. Okay, and, um, well, um, talking about Arsenal and about a lot of other teams, we're 100 hours away from, approximately, away from the transfer window deadline here in Spain, and uh, what do you guys think? Do you think Caminero can pull something off in 100 hours that he hasn't been able to do in 100 days? Gary, I'm going to leave that in your hands. Well, I mean, we've heard the rumors last week. We're after Juan Mata. Now we're after Juan Cagawa. 
Yeah, but uh, I, I'm I'm more worried about the the outgoing uh, uh, Arsenal snatch Juanfran away from us, for example. No, no, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> There's a bit of Seriously, I, I think there are some Wenger warnings about Juanfran. <laughs> some more emails. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so and our, anyway, Arsenal, I mean, will probably go. How much do you want for Juanfran? And Hilmarin will go ten pence, and Wenger will say, "No, that's too much. We don't want them." <laughs> Um, so, uh, what, what, what can you see happening? Do you, do you guys have the gut feeling because, um, everything is, you, you have to break down to a gut feeling because there's so much confusing information running around that, um, okay, the, the Chelsea's operation seems more or less done, but. Yeah, I, I just heard happened. today that we're waiting, we're yeah. waiting for, um, for. to sign somebody so that we. Okay. For, yeah, I thought it was for Demi to, to get a haircut or something like that. I don't know what we were <laughs> waiting for. Um, and uh, what about Adrian? Do you think it's the same case? It, uh, very well could be, but you know, at the same time, I don't. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he sticks around, given how much Cholo, you know, still has hopes for him. Rob, your your gut feeling about um, who's coming or who's going? Um, well, I think Adrian is going to stay. At first, I thought he would go to Roma, but Roma have bought uh, Liaic, and Liaic was linked to us, and I was hoping Liaic would come to us, but he's not going to come to us uh, now because he's going to Roma. But um, I don't think we'll get a number 10 or anything. Um, Alderweireld uh, from Ajax is going to be our defender, but um, otherwise, I don't think anyone's available that we can afford, basically. And and if we can keep this group together, then, you know, it'll be difficult, but I think we can manage. Uh, that is, that's about as much as I have to say about yeah, I'm with Robo here. I don't see any transfers coming in or going out other than uh, Demi Kellis and possibly all the way around joining us. I really have given up uh, any hope that we're still signing a creative midfielder, and I'm pretty sure that we're going to stick with the guys that we have. Um, and regarding Adrian, I don't think there really are any takers. Not no, there are no teams willing to pay 10 million after the season he's had, or maybe even more. I'm not sure what we're asking for Adrian. And unless he goes, there's really really no way that we can sign a player that's actually going to improve the the, the, the squad that we have. Um, so we're going to have to tough it out at least until January, and um, maybe then we'll have to hope for some magic from. Jorge Mendes or from the Doyen group or but really we're in a sticky situation and it can't see us um, making any improvements to the squad in these last couple of days so basically it's writing a letter to Santa (laughs) (laughs) okay and uh, um, Gary Uh, I don't I can't see anybody coming in or going I think uh, you you think we're done even Demitelis you can't well this is it I'm on the presumption that he's been sold. But this guy this guy came because he got a phone call from Cholo. Yeah, and he's going because he got a phone call from <laughs> He got a phone call from Pellegrini and, and Aledi got a 5 million euro check, yeah. <laughs> okay. Was, so. uh, no, yeah. I think we're going, not... Going, going, gone, right? Going, going, gone. Adrian, you mean, I think if somebody offered it, let the uh, pack, packet of Pringles and a Mars bar, they'd probably accept it right now. But Finger uh, <laughs> would probably only offer the packet of Pringles, so he's not going to go to Arsenal. Uh, <clears throat> one thing with Adrian is, um, it's sad, uh, but I mean, I never believed he was a gr- you know going to be this great striker, but it is always sad oh, to see somebody is- fall. I, I, I'm hearing this as such a surprise. Yeah, no, but, you know, but yeah. It is a great example for the rest First of the squad. News, Gary. 
Sorry? <laughs> First news, you yes. not liking Adrian. Wow. No, but, uh, no I, I never had any problem with Adrian. I just didn't believe he was as great as everybody believed he was. <laughs> but what's good is the example Simeone is setting with the squad with Adrian of, okay, you lose your form, I'll stick with you. You have a bad run, I'll stick with you. You can't find, you know, you have a bit of a dip, I'll stick with you. So maybe Adrian staying is, you know, sending a message to everybody because, I mean, there's even some people starting to talk about Villa. You know, he's, uh, about maybe, has he lost his goal-scoring boots? But it's a good... It's oh, three matches, he scored one already. I know, but I'm just here on Twitter, reading people on Twitter, uh, criticizing him and saying that, oh, we really need custom more than we need Villa. But I think uh, Adrian is a great example to have there that uh, Simeone is a man that will stand by his players and he is loyal to the players that were loyal to him and the players that gave 100% for him will always have a place in his squad. Okay, I don't want to let you go without asking you about the next match. Uh, a difficult match because um, facing Real Sociedad so early in the season is is a tricky match because um, we could get into some minor problem if we lose an away match, but at the same time it would be understandable. Real Sociedad is going to be one of the stronger sides, but it would be sending a negative message that we were really affected after, uh, affected after the Super Cup Um I want to hear your feelings about that. Martin, for example. Well, I'm not too worried about the game. Uh, it should be a really, really exciting one between, you know, arguably the best two teams right now. Uh, after. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm confident, too, going in there, going to Anoeta and putting a good game together. Uh, they had a game, you know, yesterday as well, so it's not like they have an advantage over us. They played midweek. A very important tie, and, you know, we'd like to congratulate them for making it to the Champions League. No, we wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. and, I, I uh, they've got off to a great start, both in La Liga and, and in the Champions League especially, and they look really good down there, especially Carlos Vela, I think. Um, impressive. They're such a, such a good side, and they changed managers over the summer, if I'm correct, but they only seem to have improved ever since, and... Um, they're a side that I really uh, love to watch if I get the chance, actually, because I think that the they Swiss forward they brought, brought, which I cannot pronounce his name because I, I still don't know. The bearer, the bearer. Exactly, that's what I would have said, and I would have said it wrong. <laughs> um, he's he's impressive. Yeah, yeah and uh, um, I really don't see them missing Miyaramendi um, that much. I'm, I'm, I've, I always had the feeling that Miyaramendi uh, was was valued way too high, and it was. Um, par- partially because uh, Real Madrid got really freaked out with the possibility of losing Xabi Alonso um, for the whole season, or maybe not, not have him renew his contract and and not ha- have anyone as a replacement. And and I think it's it's a panic buy. I don't know if uh, uh, Gary, you you agree with that issue, and and we'll more or less start wrapping it up there. No, I'm, I rate him. I think he's a great player and uh, very, very expensive signing. It's um, yeah, but Spanish players yeah. always jump in value when the name Real Madrid is brought in. So that's you know, yeah, like Canales or Pedro Leon or yeah. Parejo or. But this, I think this player, he's more accomplished. He's got more history. Yes, there, Xavi Alonso did play a part there. They were nervous about that. Uh, not only Alonso. Uh, Going or uh, 
Alonso leaving them whether it's also what do they do when Alonso goes and there's a thing now because now the likes of Bayern uh, are coming into Spain and some Italian clubs are coming into Spain and they're buying and they're meeting <coughs> Spanish players uh, buyout clauses which is something you mean a couple of years ago you didn't really hear of you mean uh and since Javi Martinez, Spanish clubs have had a bit of a shake-up and they've had to start to protect their players because now they're not only under attack from Real Madrid and Barca, they're under attack from the likes of Man City, from Chelsea, from Bayern, from Arsenal, from all these clubs. So the price had to be paid and I think Real Madrid thought that they would get in there quickly because maybe in two or three years' time they might have ended up paying double 50 that. 50 million player, yeah. I mean, okay. look what Bale's going for. Yeah, just incredible. Okay, well, um, we'll sort of wrap it up there. Um, do you want to give me a result for for Sunday, Gary? Um, I'm going to go La Real 1, Atletico 2. I think they'll suffer a bit with a Champions League hangover. Okay, Derek? I'm going with a 1-1 tie. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Gary on this one. Rob? Um, before I make a prediction, I want to ask the um, suspensions from the Super Cup... Um, do they, it, it won't carry if, over. If they're they below, if they're below four matches, it it it's in the same competition. If it's yeah. well, if it's four matches or above, they have to they have to see it out in 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 La Liga. So no, basically, it's not. I I don't think that will happen. All right, then I'll go with Gary. I'll predict a two-one win. I always predict a win for Atleti, but um, I'm not sure we'll win by more than one goal. But okay, so, you're, so you're the clinical optimistic like me. <laughs> of course, uh, always. Martin, I'll go with the shutout two-zero. Two-zero. Okay, great. Yep. Well, um, we'll leave it there, and that's wait one second, Richard. Yeah, Martin. We have to interrupt this broadcast. Right to wish you a happy birthday. Thank you very much. Nine minutes. Happy it's birthday, big man. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, what now, Ricky? What? I'm, I'm turning 23. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. 20 and a half. Oh, happy 23rd. And a half. <laughs> and a few more. Uh, okay, well, so that's it for this week. Thank you for the positive input on our return. Um, please leave us your comments on the website, uh, Twitter, Facebook. We love to read them. And we'll be here next week for another episode of This Is Atleti. So this wraps up another episode of Red and White Passion. Remember to send your views by Twitter at This Is Atleti, Facebook at Facebook.com slash This Is Atleti, or by email on info at This Is Atleti.com. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you will continue to listen to us. You can subscribe to the podcast or download it via iVox or iTunes. Thank you for Atleti. If you would like to advertise on This Is Atleti, contact us via email on info at thisisatleti.com.